Shalom and welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast from JewishBoston.com. I'm Miriam Anzvin, and I'm joined on this episode by my co-host, Dan Selkson. What's up, Dan? A big reunion, Miriam. Last week, I reconnected with an old friend from an Israel trip. I have something of a bromance with him. Oh. Yep. In 2015, I met this eager young traveler when he hopped into my airport limo in Israel. He seemed peppy despite the long flight. I introduced myself. He popped a piece of gum into his mouth, took a look at me and said, Danimal. From now on, you're Danimal. From there, we took a 10-day trip around Israel with 15 Jewish young adults from Boston, hosted by CJP. We rode camels. We ran on the beach. We toured the old city of Jerusalem. We ate street food, and we had some great times. Then the trip ended. My friend and I went our separate ways. He went back to work in Foxborough. I went back to CJP. We stayed in touch occasionally, mostly on social media, but honestly, it was kind of one-sided. Until the other night when my friend contacted me and said he wanted to talk. Okay, just say it was Julian Edelman, Dan. Fine, that was tacky. It was Julian Edelman. In case you didn't know, Julian Edelman plays football for our New England Patriots. He catches footballs. He's got Tom Brady on speed dial, made the most improbable grab in Super Bowl history, and then, this past February, was the offensive spark that powered the Patriots to their sixth title. For his dominating performance, he was named Super Bowl MVP. Despite a stellar career, Julian has always been underestimated. He was considered too small, too weak, playing college ball at Kent State, a school long overshadowed in football anyway, by Ohio State. He wanted to go pro, but he almost didn't make it until the Patriots took a chance on him in the final round of the NFL draft in 2009. Like Brady, Julian loves proving people wrong. And like his teammate, He consumes others' doubt, like the rest of us eat lunch. Three Super Bowl championships later, the chip on his shoulder just keeps growing. Part of that chip is being the underdog, and he sees a very clear parallel between his personal underdog journey and his Jewish heritage. Yep, Julian's embrace of his Jewish identity is no secret. But he gives us some insight into how he connects the story of the Jewish people to his own life. We also talked about some random catch-up stuff, like his current facial hair status and what he's been up to since, you know, winning the Super Bowl. Sounds great. And Julian gave us some special gifts for our listeners because that's what friends are for. We've got signed Super Bowl swag straight from the source, two autographed Patriots hats, and a Super Bowl 53 commemorative football. For a chance to win, listen to the full interview and then correctly answer a trivia question. You can find the link to the giveaway in our show notes. Now let's hear from Julian himself. Julian. Welcome to the Vibe of the Tribe podcast. Vibe of the Tribe. Um, it's an honor to be here with Old Animal. Oh, thank you. Well, um, I got to tell you, I was a little bit worried when I came up here because, do you see Endgame yet? Uh, I did. Okay, so I was like, you know, when Thor had a, you know, lost something, he kind of like, he transformed. Now, your beard was shaved off on Alan, but you're still you, right? You still catch? Yeah. Okay. I'm still here. Good. No Thor. No Thor action. No right. Thor action. No Thor action. No, uh, you know, I, it's pretty standard that I, I grow my beard out during the season. Um, 
and in the off season is when I uh, I like to cut it. And you know, I have other obligations with other brands and stuff that they don't necessarily want me looking like Grizzly Adams. So I think Grizzly Adams is your trademark. So, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Yes, he did a massive one. That's from uh, so Happy Gilmore. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's just talk about the last three months. Would you? safely say that these were the best three months of your life or the most interesting three months of your life? Um, I think they, they, it's been eventful and it's been very fun. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I've been put on this earth, at least that I feel, to, to play football. And um, when your routine's kind of not in sync and you're, you can actually say yes to a lot of things – um, it actually wears you down. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a lot of time that I've, I've got to spend with my little girl, which has been awesome. And then in between that, I've been traveling and, and doing this and doing that. And, and it, it's fun, but, uh, we've been back here in Boston since, uh, about the 15 for OTAs. And, uh, it's, it's good to be able to say no. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for saying yes to oh, Jewish it, Boston, which is, uh, a never. major media opportunity for you, I got to say. Get out of here. Ellen shaving her beard looked like a life experience. However, I noticed that she missed a spot. Did you watch the video and go nuts about that? No. I, you know, I was just happy she didn't cut me, and she actually did a, a, a fairly decent, pretty good job. Um, it's a challenging one. Well, you, you never know. I mean, you can actually cut yourself with those cutters. And uh, she she did it pretty well, and uh, it was it was definitely a fun experience. Uh, getting to meet her uh, on camera and off camera, she's just such a she's such a positive influence for for people and what she does in you know the communities all around this country. Um, you know, it was an honor to to get to go on her show, and and you know I enjoyed it. So you had a pretty good 2018, early 2019, the um, year of life. I'll tell you what, 18 so, baby. How do you prep for? 2019, I know that, you know, there's this idea that after a big championship, after a big win, you can have a letdown season. Doesn't seem like it happens to your team, but my team too. Uh, how do you prep for something like this after a finish like you had? Well, you just go back to the basics. You, uh, you know, you got to get back on the horse. You got off the horse to kind of go out and get some water and, and gather some berries. And now it's it's your time to go back, put the hard hat on, bring the lunch pail and, and really get back to the work force and and work your way back to where you're at because right now everyone's undefeated right now everyone has a shot to win so you really you know have your best opportunities to win on how you prepare during the off season so you know you gotta you just gotta put things behind you gotta turn the page you know my father always taught me you have to have a short memory regardless if it's good or if if it's bad you know ending the the season the way we ended it was awesome it's great but you know there's still a lot of meat on that bone and you know and now we got to get back to work i love it (laughs) I can't wait. wait. So let's get uh, Jew-ish on you. This is something that, uh, that, that's your line, right? (laughs) It was, it was a joke. A lot of people. No, I like it. I like it a lot. You know what? A lot of people can actually relate to Jew-ish. Yeah. Like there are a lot of people, like we actually use that term at Jewish Boston. There are people who are like, you know, I don't want to go to synagogue, but I wouldn't mind a Reuben or, you know, a, a good bagel somewhere. I go to synagogue once a year, once a year, Yom Kippur. That's like uh what's what's a year? I think we're tied. <laughs> <laughs> Over in Swamp Scott, shout out. So how did you kind of start this Jewish journey? Well, um, you know, growing up, 
I didn't really grow up with the religion. My my dad, uh, his dad died when you know he was two years old, and you know, my mother, she was a Christian, but you know we we didn't really do anything. Our our religion was kind of sport and <laughs> practicing and doing those things. And you know, as I got older, you know, speaking with family members uh, of of you know that are related to my my father on his side of the family, you know, I, I just got interested in in the whole. The whole, what am I? You know, what, what, where do I come from? And, you know, learning about the Jewish people and, and the Jewish culture and learning the stories of, you know, the, the adversity that these people have had to overcome uh, through countless years, whether it's, you know, slavery in Egypt or the Holocaust and, and always being able to get on top and, and, and defeat it and turn a negative into a positive. Um, it, it is always kind of that's that's my that's my story, you know. I've I've always been the underdog. I've always had to work for everything I've ever got. Nothing's ever been given to me. And uh, you know, I, I, when I started learning about it, you know that it just those those par- they were parallel. And then you know, doing research on my family and and learning about my grandfather and his family and what they were all about. You know, I, I was just interested and, you know, I've always felt there was an emptiness of not knowing that and then finally learning it, going to Israel and really getting a little research on it. You know, I, I decided to, to pick it up and, and, you know, really embrace it. So when we, when we first met, we met at Ben-Gurion at the airport. I picked you up. You looked at me and said, from now on, on this trip, you're Danimal. <laughs> that, unfortunately, that that didn't stick. It I, didn't. I tried. No, I tried to make it stick, but I, I feel like the rest of the trip stuck with you. Oh, yeah, Danimal. Yeah, like he's that. an animal. <laughs> but uh, why did you first decide to go to Israel? Was it just continuing this journey? One hundred percent, continuing the journey and just seeing one of the the most special holy lands there on the earth. You see all this history of. Uh, you know, I'm a California kid, and when I came to Boston, I saw, you know, how old it was here in Boston, and then, you know, researching and seeing how old and a lot of the history that comes from, you know, Jerusalem, going and actually getting to see it, and then also learning, you know, about the Jewish culture with a group of Jewish influencers in, in Boston with a great group of people, you being able to me. <laughs> get out of here. Getting to experience that, kind of have my little birthright trip, that was something I, I, I really was interested in doing and, and bringing my sister and having her join along. Because like I said, it's a part of me. And what better way to, to find a part of you than go back to the mainland? And that's what I wanted to do. And, and it was for a great cause. We partnered with CJP and we, we made an awesome, cool video to promote young Jewish Americans to come to Israel because of all the Western media of how this and that it is out there. And I thought we did a great job and we had a great time doing it. And I met a lot of great people. So, you know, I, I loved it. Was there one place in particular that really stuck with you? I think Jerusalem definitely stuck with me. You know, going to the old city and seeing that, uh, that, that was just, that was special. There's an aura about it, going to the Wayland Wall and and seeing all the quarters, it wasn't just the you know the Jewish quarter. You saw the Muslim quarters, you saw the Christians, and you saw all these people praying in this area. And um, it was just special. And you felt you just felt that sense of power that something's so special about this place. 
and the city of David going on the tour down there and, and learning about how in the Old Testament it, it they're finding artifacts that actually are there. Uh, you know, that, that, that was, that was a cool moment. You know, you got to put your little exploring cap on and, and go and, and see all those things. Um, the Dead Sea was awesome. It was, uh, Tom Brady's favorite video of that off season. What's he it? Said, he said the, uh, some Instagram post of you with the mud was his favorite video <laughs> of the off season. Yeah. We got to We got to get him out there. He's been, he's been, he went with Mr. Craft, I believe. Was it before Instagram? It was, it, I mean, yeah, he's... The guy's been playing for a while. Yeah, 20 years. Jeez. That's yeah. two decades. <laughs> <laughs> so when you came back home, how did uh, kind of, how did that Israel trip stick with you or did it stick well, with you? Well, I mean, it, it definitely stuck with me. And, and one of the things that stuck with me the most were, first, the people that I got to spend it with and the information and how informative they were with everything on the trip. And then... You know, going and seeing the Holocaust Museum, uh, and and going to uh, what was that that room where they had all the names of all the people that um, you know died during the Holocaust, and they got some research showing that there was you know roughly two three thousand Edelmans that were killed during that Holocaust. Uh, you know that that's something that really stuck with me, and you know that going forward from there. Uh, you know, it's something that I'll always keep with me, um, just because uh, you never know. That could have been some someone in my family, and you know, I think about it all the time. So the uh, the Super Bowl MVP kind of elevated your profile to new heights. I mean, you had the catch in Atlanta. You had what turned out to be the winning touchdown in uh, in the Seattle Super Bowl. Um, you were a pretty high profile guy, but this is like next level stuff. So now you're you are elite Jewish athlete like the Sandy Koufax of the 2000s. Do you kind of, do you feel that that coming from your tribesmen and women? It, I, you know, I, I don't re- honestly, I don't, uh, <clears throat> I don't like to think like that. Um, you know, I, I love being a positive influence in the, uh, you know, for the Jewish culture and the Jewish people. Um, but, you know, maybe one, one day when I'm sitting back, and I'm done playing. Uh, I, I can really think about those types of things. But right now, you know, you, I try to keep my mind focused on there's there's a lot of meat on the bone still, and there's a lot to be done. And uh, you know, I'm just on that that kind of mindset. Yeah. So you've been outspoken uh, on social media when you know good things happen, like Jewish holidays. Uh, you've got some great uh, Instagram and and Twitter posts on Jewish holidays. We always look forward to. Um, and you've also talked about uh, things that weren't great, terrible things, the shooting in Pittsburgh and outside of San Diego. And I think sort of your connection to me really peaked when you had those cleats made. And uh, Tree of life. Yeah, and, and you wore them at the Steelers game. And kind of what, what motivated you to be, I think, really one of the only NFL players who is out there talking about this? Well, I mean, I feel that it's part of my obligation of being part of this culture that, you know, using my status and what I am to go out and, and try to be a right influence for everyone, not just, you know, Jews, but I mean, that that's wrong. And, you know, we, we got to stick together on this and, you know, being able to use my platform uh, and what I do to bring attention to these type, types of things uh, I feel obligated to to the people, and um, that's just kind of what I 
wanted to do. And I actually wore those cleats a week late because you're supposed to wear, uh, you know, the, the cleats for cause. Yeah. Uh, it was like the first, last, the two weeks before that. And, uh, you know, I, I wore them. I wanted to wear them in Pittsburgh when we played Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, I felt it got a lot of good attention. Um, it, it brought a lot of people to, to really realize that this isn't, you know, this is not right. Um, regardless of what you believe in this, that, and the other, that this kind of behavior in our country is despicable. And, um, you know, I, I felt like that was my way of kind of letting people know. So you, you did, uh, those cleats ended up going to someone who then ended up donating a lot of money. Is that right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So the game, they went to Eric Lipmatovich, who, um, he's one of my best friends over in Los Angeles. Um, him and Josh Salviv, uh, and they've been a huge part of my life, um, because, you know, Eric, um, being an Israeli, being, um, very, uh, involved in the Jewish faith and his community. Um, he's kind of always been my guy that's kind of helped me inform me on, on little things about, you know, being Jewish. And, you know, he actually introduced me to my rabbi that I speak to every Friday during the season, Rabbi Yossi out of uh, Los Angeles. You know, we have a, a prayer every Friday, me, Eric, and while Eric's getting to fill in, I'm sitting there and I'm trying to recite the, the prayer. I still got to work on my Hebrew a little better. I want to talk a little bit, you know, related to the uh, the cleats, um, anti-Semitism in sports. And I, I've i seen on your social feeds in the comments, and like the comments are, of course, the cesspool of humanity. So you try not to look at them, but I look at them yeah. just to keep myself grounded. And uh, have you ever experienced any anti-Semitism throughout your career? And especially since you kind of like, I'm not going to say you came out as Jewish, but like, You've been outspoken yeah. about being Jewish. I mean, there's been you know times here or there on on the field where you've been called a certain word, which you know you just look at that person and, you from know. the stands, right? No, I, there's been there's been players. Oh God! <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll leave that under the wraps of of where and what team. But he knows who he is. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, if you're you def- listening to the vibe of the tribe. <laughs> He's definitely listening. We know you. We know you, and we got back at him uh, with winning the game. But yeah, you definitely hear little things, little chatter here and there. But you know, you, you got to go back to when you were a kid. That uh, sticks and stones will will break your bones, but names will never hurt you. And you know, and and that's kind of how I look at those types of things. Have you talked to somebody like Chosen Josh Rosen about things like this, or has he asked you for advice? <laughs> Who? Josh Rosen. Oh, Josh Rosen? Yeah. He's oh. Probably number I haven't two talked most prominent Jewish player in the league. I haven't talked to him. I haven't even got a hold of him uh, quite yet. We didn't get a hold of him, did we? No, nah, no, nah, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, you know, and he plays for a team down south that uh, we won't mention. Right. Um, you know, and I wish him the best. Uh, you know, I hope, you know, he has a successful career. And I and I hope that he's actually outspoken about what he is. Um because, like you said, I mean, we have a platform, um, and if you can use it in a positive way, um, I think you should. So, you know, I, I wish him the best, unless he's playing here in Foxborough. No, no, or you're playing in Miami. Or if, or if we're playing, Miami I know, Miami. Miami. That heat, that heat will get you. That heat will get you. Uh, I read Relentless, 
Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're you're a guy who likes to take motivation from perceived slights or you know the idea that you're the underdog. And there is a perception out there in film and in the world that Jews are not elite athletes. Is that another chip you put on your shoulder? Yeah, definitely. But you know, like Popeye said, I am what I am. You got room for more chips. You, you always, Absolutely. you always, the chip can always get bigger, and the chip is getting bigger. You know, uh, yeah, those are funny tales, and those are funny what people say. But you know, if if you're focusing on what people are saying, then you're not focusing on getting better and doing the right thing. You know, you don't need that negative energy in your life. So I, I kind of just turn my 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 shoulder unless it's something real crazy. So I got a couple of speed round questions to finish it off. What's your favorite Jewish holiday? Yom Kippur. Wow. Even though I, I, I don't fast because we're like in the heat of the season. Um, but I go, I go to temple and I, I feel good when I do that. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I, I like that. Uh, did you eat gefilte fish? I have. Passover? I, I have not this Passover, but three years, and I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a little. There's a too, lot of people who would join you in that. Yeah, it's a little too uh, fishy. If you drowned it with the um, the, the cabbage and the horseradish, and the horseradish yeah. on you know a solid matzah cracker, it, it can be edible, but uh, barely. Barely. It's you don't not, have to say nice things about. <laughs> really, really you know, I'm not. I I'd rather stick to the pastrami, honestly. Uh, so <laughs> and the brisket. A couple of weeks ago, or last week, rather, you were hanging out with Coach Belichick and others at the Derby. Let's say, you know, you just hung out with him. You had a great time. You get chewed out of practice or in a team meeting. Are you ever like, Coach, man, we just hung out. What's up? Uh, no, I, I am never like that because, uh, you know, business is business and, and fun is fun. And uh, I've been around for going on 11 years with him, and I know – the way he is, and um, yeah. There's uh, a time for levity. There's, there's a time, time for fun, and there's a time for, you know, a little uh, MFing. Yep. MFing, and that's what he likes to do sometimes. And what was the best meal you had in Israel? The best meal? I mean, everything was pretty good. We went to this little fast food thing and had these schnitzel sandwiches that had, like, all this stuff on them in Jerusalem after – uh, the Jerusalem basketball team just won a huge game. And I remember going out and we were, there's a bunch of people out there. We may have had a couple of drinks. I remember having this schnitzel sandwich and it was unreal. But the thing is, all the fruit was unbelievable. But that, that schnitzel sandwich literally just, I can remember it like it's yesterday. We put the whole kit and caboodle on that bad boy and it was, it was feeling, <laughs> it was good. Any plans to go back to Israel anytime soon? Yeah, I think I'm going to go back um, late June, um, you know, for Mr. Kraft, and, and he's getting presented an award um, that's still in the making uh, because, you know, it's tough with the schedule, but um, I, I definitely got to get back. Every time I have a plan to go back, we end up winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's or, a, that's a shame. <laughs> you know, and so then you get obligations where you can't. But uh, I definitely have to get back, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I think um, late June. Danimal's ready. Danimal, you, I better see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Julian. I really appreciate no it. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. Best of luck with uh, OTAs and training camp and then destroying the Dolphins in Miami and everyone else. Yalla. 
Thank you again to Julian for the interview and thank you listeners for tuning in. Follow us on at Jewish Boston on social media. And if you have a comment about this episode, be sure to tag Danimal's old friend at Edelman 11 on Twitter and Instagram. So he feels the love from Jewish Boston and check our show notes for details on how to enter our giveaway. Remember to subscribe to the vibe of the tribe on Apple podcasts, Google play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or tune in. You can also email us at podcast at jewishboston.com with your comments, feedback, and ideas for future topics and guests. Thanks as always to our editor, Jesse, and to our composer, Ryan. Yalla! I play football for the New England Patriots. Heard of them.